Hello and welcome to this week's episode of What Happened for the week of December 16th, 2018. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and this week again we have stories in all three sections, tech, movies, and games. First up is tech. Washington DC Attorney General is suing Facebook over Cambridge Analytica. Marking the first major lawsuit in the United States over the Cambridge Analytica scandal, the Attorney General for Washington DC Carl Rance is making the first move. The lawsuit alleges that Facebook violated the Consumer Protection Procedures Act by not having good privacy standards and lying about the scandal. Quote, Facebook failed to protect the privacy of its users and deceived them about who had access to their data and how it was used. End quote. End quote. Facebook put users at risk of manipulation by allowing companies like Cambridge Analytica and other third-party applications to collect personal data without user permission. Today's lawsuit is about making Facebook live up to its promise of protecting its users' privacy. End quote. The Verge asked for a comment from Facebook about the lawsuit, but they did not respond. I'll say that if people want change done at Facebook, this is how you do it, through the American system. Look, the UK government can ask over and over again for Zuckerberg to come over to Parliament and have a hearing about what happened. But he's not a UK citizen, and Facebook is not a UK government uh, company, so he's never going to come. If you want to see results, the American government or legal system, through lawsuits, will give the greater chance. Now, personally, I don't think the lawsuit will go that far. However, this might shake Facebook executives if they worry that other lawsuits like this might happen and they might do something. Also about Facebook, Facebook is getting into crypto. Now, for what seems to be almost a weekly update on cryptocurrency, a new challenger approaches Facebook. That's right, according to Bloomberg, Facebook is working on their own cryptocurrency for WhatsApp. The point of the currency is to make it easier for people to transfer money to each other. However, right now, it seems to be the focus for this is in India one of, if not the most popular place for WhatsApp. Bloomberg also mentioned that their currency might be based on the US dollar as a value. This would help stabilize its price as we have seen Bitcoin have a terrible few months crashing a bit. This would also be a good idea to try and give people some peace of mind that if they have 20 bucks in Facebook currency, it wouldn't crash to five in a few days. Now Bloomberg did not give a timeline for this, but I would guess to say mid to end 2019 if they actually complete it. I think this is a smart move on Facebook, especially if they plan to tie it close to a currency like the US dollar, as this would help make their currency more viable. However, there's a lot that can go wrong here. First, they have to finish and release it, and then if it works, then expand it. While I think it might launch in India sometime next year, it might not spread to other areas like Europe until 2020. Google is building a billion dollar campus in New York City. Just like how Apple is expanding in Austin, Texas, Google will be expanding in New York City. Google announced that they will be building a new Google campus in the city located in Houston Street with a $1 billion investment behind it. The main campus is expected to open sometime in 2020 with an expansion at a different location, open in 2022. According to the Wall Street Journal, unlike Amazon, Google is not looking for any special deal or incentive to expand in the city. Now, I don't have much to say here. I just thought with the recent expansion news from Amazon and Apple, I should update on what Google is doing. I guess it's good for Google to not look for incentives because so far, at least in the city, New Yorkers are not liking the special deal that Amazon got. Uber is giving their jump bikes an upgrade. Uber's rental company, Jump, are planning to upgrade their rental bikes. If you don't know what Jump is, it is the part of Uber that rents bikes and scooters. If you live in a big city, you might have seen them around. So for the new bikes, they are electric with replaceable lithium iron batteries. Now, while these are electric bikes, they are not like mopeds. Instead, the bikes use the battery to help you when you pedal to go faster up to 20 miles per hour. So it's more of a pedal assist. Other features include cable locks, a new display, and a retractable mount for your smartphone. Jump plans to start distributing these bikes next year to the cities they are currently in, and then expand to other cities as well. I think with all the news about bikes and scooters being left all over the city, and how some of them are cheaply produced, these new bikes look nice. Obviously I can't show you pictures of what it looks like, but you guys should definitely look online, see what they look like, and I think if these are quality built, and people can learn to put them back properly, then Uber and Jump might be able to make some moves in this space and fight back against Lyft, 
and other smaller startups. Uber is back to testing self-driving cars. After one of their self-driving cars struck and killed a pedestrian earlier this year, Uber halted all of their self-driving tests. Now, after nine months, Uber has resumed testing in Pittsburgh after getting a letter of approval from Pennsylvania's Department of Transportation. These tests are also stricter as well to make sure no more incidents occur. To start out, there will be two self-driving cars that will drive around a one-mile loop. They'll both have two people in the car at all times instead of one, and will not go faster than 25 miles per hour. I guess that it's time Uber continues testing self-driving, right? I mean, it's terrible that someone was killed because of it. And But that is also to blame for the person behind the wheel when it was reported that they were watching TV shows on their phone instead of watching the road. It looks like in the past nine months, Uber really did relook at everything from top to bottom, and now going at a slower pace to get it right instead of being the first to market. Because in this case, being first to the market does not matter if the cars are still crashing and running into people. It looks like we might have a bend gate at Apple with the new iPad Pros. So it looks like there is a developing issue with the latest iPad Pros in that they are bending, either right out of the box or over time after use. While there were a few cases of this when it first came out weeks ago, it didn't start to become an issue until now. It seemed it started this week with The Verge writing about it, and that led to Apple telling them that some iPad Pros are being shipped slightly bent, but it is because of a side effect of manufacturing and it's not a defect that affects performance or will get worse over time. This led to some rightful outrage, and that led to a Mac Rumors reader email Apple, and they actually did get a response from Dan Rico, who was the VP of Hardware Engineering. In his response, Rico said that, quote, its unibody design meets or exceeds all of Apple's high-quality standards of design and precision manufacturing. We've carefully engineered it, and every part of the manufacturing process is precisely measured and controlled, end quote. Apple has also said to The Verge that they do stand behind their product. Now, there is something I do want to bring up here, as he does raise a good point, and that is John Prosner of Front Page Tech. He brings up the point that The Verge said that Apple talked to them, however, that they have not pulled out any statement or direct quotes from them. Also, Dan Rico said that Apple would be releasing a full statement about this soon, However, so far, as of this recording, no one has gotten one. It would seem that while The Verge may be telling the truth, we should probably wait and see until we get the official word from Apple. I say this because Apple is not dumb and saying, oh, this is okay and that's it. This is not okay at all. If I drop almost $1,000 or more with accessories, I want the product I bought and I want it to be right. Like if I bought a $100 shirt, but it had a stain on it due to how they make them and I was like, I was told, oh, it's okay. It still works, right? It's a shirt, right? There's no holes, but that, that's, that's not an answer. There's a stain on the shirt. I bought, I wanted to buy the shirt with no stain. It's the same thing, right? If I spend a lot of money for a device, I don't want it to be, I have a defect before I even use it. So I think what Apple will probably do is if they get a lot of pushback on this is if you do have a bent iPad and you want to replace it, it will be an exception to a normal return policy. And you can swap it out at any time because what some people are reporting is that it gets bent a few weeks in after use, and that was fine out of the box. This seems to be the easiest way for Apple to get out of this issue and move on, but as usual, we'll have to wait and see. Apple to pull some iPhones from sale in Germany thanks to Qualcomm. Going back to the Apple and Qualcomm battle around the world, this time in Germany. In Germany, Qualcomm was able to get a partial ban on iPhones in a district court of Munich. They ruled right now in favor of Qualcomm, saying that Apple does infringe on their intellectual property of power saving in smartphones. To clear that up, Qualcomm does not own the entire idea of power saving, but it seems to be a certain way of how to power save. So as of now, Apple will be pulling iPhone 7s and 8s from their stores. However, they will still be available from third-party sellers inside the country. While they do this, Apple will also be appealing the decision. So this is interesting, as it looks like, at least initially, courts are siding with Qualcomm, as seen in China and Germany. However, Apple's appeals might change things. A lot of people are not happy with Qualcomm, so I wonder if anyone will actually be able to do anything to them. Now, just to give you guys a heads up if you're not aware for apple and qualcomm anyway if you're wondering how it got started it started a few years ago when apple started suing qualcomm for price gouging on chips and in response qualcomm has started suing apple saying that they're infringing on some of their ips that is what at least these lawsuits are about in germany apple and qualcomm about the power saving 
and multitasking or the way they multitask in I believe in China. Going over to movies, the first trailer released for Men in Black International. The continuation of Men in Black at Sony has started with the first trailer for Men in Black International. The movie does not star the old cast. However, instead we have Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson as the main agents with Liam Neeson in charge. The plot for the movie based on the trailer seems to be that they were infiltrated and they have to fix it otherwise the planet is at risk. This brings in the best of the best Agent H played by Chris Hemsworth and his new partner Agent M, Tessa Thompson. So overall, I like the trailer and I hope the movie is good. Hemsworth and Thompson seem to have great chemistry together as seen in Thor Ragnarok so it's nice to see them work together again and I always like some Liam Neeson. If you're looking forward to MIB International, it comes out next June, and I'm also looking forward to predicting the box office for this as well. And the final story for today is in games Microsoft might be planning two next-gen Xbox consoles. Windows Central is reporting that for Scarlet, the codename for the next-generation Xbox console, there may in fact be two. These two consoles seem to be following the current Xbox One lineup, with a base model that is cheaper and a high-end model that is more expensive. The rumored codename for the base model is Lockhart, and the high-end model is Anaconda. For Lockhart, Microsoft is developing the console to be around as powerful as an Xbox One X is now, while Anaconda will be even better than that. Along with this, Microsoft is also developing these consoles with backward compatibility for all of your games, including original Xbox 360 and One games. Now remember to take all this with a few grains of salt because these will not be coming out for a while, with Windows Central saying that these are being planned for a release sometime during holiday season 2020, so things can change, and they probably will. If this is accurate though, I like this idea because if you cannot afford to spend four or $500 on a brand new console, then get the cheaper one. And if you have a 1S right now, it's still a big upgrade, and with backwards compatibility, you don't lose any of your games. So I think as long as Microsoft prices these right, they could take the lead, at least initially next generation. To finish up, I wanted to mention a few things. First, I've grown my podcasting a bit with two new ones. First is Box Office Receipts, where I go over the box office numbers from Hollywood, and you can find that on Apple and Google Podcasts. Another one that just started is Entertainment Expansion, which I do with my co-host Mike, and we have a more in-depth discussions about movies and games. That is available on Anchor and all major podcasting services, just like what happened. If you're interested, please give them a listen. Uh, I think there's some pretty good content over there, and I think it's worth your time. Uh, so, that's it for the episode. Thank you for listening, and have a happy new year, and see you in 2019.